Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading, and today my guest is Friday Ravindranath, and he's the president and uh, chief technology and information officer at BT Global. Uh, BT Global is looking to be the uh, managed network and IT services provider of choice for enterprises all over the world. And since Friday sits at the kind of the intersection of the telecom and IT side of the business, um, it was interesting to talk to him about uh, how the global pandemic is affecting both BT and its customers in their uh, their various network transformations. Um, we talked about uh, some of the specific technologies that they're using during this transition and uh, some of the stuff that they've benefited from in terms of automation. And uh, we also talk a little bit about uh, some of the more socially responsible things that uh, telcos can do, especially global uh, communications companies with the reach of BT and, and, uh, and the similar type of companies in the light reading universe. Um, and why that's so important, especially now during the pandemic when people need to stay connected more than ever. Um, That is all coming up right after this break. This light reading podcast is sponsored by Packet Fabric. Packet Fabric's network as a service platform weaves together the perfect solution for your network. Get private access to the cloud. Get secure connectivity between your data centers. Get an on-ramp to the secure internet. Get to market faster with network automation. Build a network for today's enterprise. To get started, go to packetfabric.com. I'm glad you're on the uh, on the podcast, and um, it's interesting timing too, because obviously we're still in the middle of a uh, global pandemic, and um, and it doesn't seem to be at, at you know nearing the end point that we thought it would a few uh, a, a few, you know a month or so ago, um, and so I wanted to talk about you know how that affects uh, a company like BT Global. So you you have a combined role of looking after both the network and the data, uh, being the uh, chief technology and information officer. So I'm. I'm curious um, what you've been able to do to help BT adapt to the new demands that have been placed on the network as a result of uh, the pandemic and how it's sort of changed the way people work. Even though it's a sort of a global crisis, it's affected everybody differently. Um, And I think that's the first point. Um, I think also it's, you know, it's moments like this where um, I personally feel really proud to work for a company like BT because we've really stepped up uh, and it's, you know, it's when we really realize that how important we are, not just for our customers, but to society in general. Um, and just to give you a few examples, actually, um, to, to sort of bring home that point, Phil. Um, in the UK, we've actually supported the NHS. Uh, we've um, uh, given unlimited, bra- uh, 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 unlimited mobile data to... Um, about around 260,000 NHS staff and also supported them by providing 8,000 power banks to the NHS, which is the National Health Service in the UK. Um, we've also set up um, the connectivity and, and high-speed uh, bandwidth and 1,000 IP phones for field hospital in, in the UK as well, the Nightingale Field Hospital at the London's Excel Centre, which is an, ex- it's an exhibition hall host, I mean, ho- uh, hosting a field hospital. We've also launched a BT Lifelines project where um, we've delivered over 1,000 tablets to around 150 plus locations in the UK where um, people could actually talk to, um, talk to uh, sick relatives and friends. Uh, and there have been over 15,000 calls actually made, including a 
quite a heartwarming uh, proposal as well. Uh, we've also been able to support an unprecedented number of calls uh, into our 999 call service. Um, mm -hmm. And just to give you a, an understanding of scale, um, during the peak, which lasted you know, a few weeks, we, uh, it, it actually accounted, uh, accounted for the same number of calls that we, got, would, we would normally get on a, on a New Year's Eve um, night. Uh, which is which is the, which is as you can imagine the most number of calls that we get every, uh, every yeah day. that's that's so, incredible so pretty significant I mean in terms of our network itself um, what we've realized is I mean we've you know when we actually had to respond obviously millions of people um, had to start to work from home almost um, immediately but we've actually built a network to actually withstand the peak which is a six to eight p.m. Um, Netflix streaming peak, uh, you could you could say, and that actually helped us because we had built so much capacity in the network. It actually helped us to respond to several people actually logging on to work from home and getting on video conferencing and so on. So so that really helped us get ahead of this in, in, in some respect. In terms of our, actually how we respond to businesses, obviously our number one priority was business continuity. We needed to keep the show on the road. Um, and we've had to respond to massive VPN expansions uh, for remote access and significant bandwidth um, uh, increases as well. Uh, and we've managed to do that again, you know, and, and really responded quickly in a matter of days. I mean, just to give you an example, a global pharmaceutical company, we doubled the VPN capacity in just 30 hours uh, and allowed over 30,000 extra people in the Americas work from home. Uh, we also have the central bank uh, which had never offered home working before to increase bandwidth to about 3,500 employees. Uh, we also helped an Asian life insurance company almost double capacity um, in days and enable another 22,000 employees. Of course, for our own business, uh, we've enabled uh, remote home working for you know, over 50,000 uh, of our own employees as well. Um, of course, it's not just about the VPN. It's not just about the bandwidth. It's also about ensuring that uh, remote user experiences is also uh, monitored and managed because we need to enable businesses in the sense that when they are off the corporate network and they're logging on from the internet, we need to be able to provide a level of um, user experience uh, monitoring and performance assurances for you know, collaboration tools and other applications they may, they may want to um, access. And I think our partnerships with, you know, with uh, several technology companies um, and, and software providers out there like ServiceNow and other monitor, sophisticated monitoring tools that we've put in place, we've been able to actually provide solutions to our customers such that there's, you know, there's no impact really in user experience, even though they're working from home. Um, and we've been able to you know, monitor that remotely. Of course, security is also a big part of this um, and we've had to respond um, to, to, to some security requirements as well. Plus also, you know, you know, providing, you know, not just for our own colleagues, but for our customers some best practice guidelines as well for, you know, because the human being plays an important role now when, when you're not in the office, you're, you're working from home. Um, so we've, we've provided some best practice in terms of logging off and, you know. Yeah, I've noticed people's work habits have changed. Those of, you know, folks that are not used to working from home, they've, uh, um, they may feel the need, feel compelled to be plugged into work at all times. And, uh, that's right. and that's, that's just another thing that stresses you out. You know, like you said, being kind of, um, uh, you know, that we're 
that we're all kind of tuned into the news and it, and it's increasingly negative. It does help to to unplug every now and then and get to pay attention to something else. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I uh, also uh, want to acknowledge the fact that like when big uh, communications, global communications companies like BT step up, um, scale is a hugely important thing when it comes to being able to help uh, the people who need the services most at critical times. And uh, I know that all the all the major telcos have done different uh have made different efforts uh, to, you know, not only forgive, uh, you know, late payments and things like that, making data free or, or you know, not charging them for certain uh, certain services. Um, uh, that's definitely noticed and appreciated, and I hope it. Uh, I, I only hope it can continue because at the longer this goes on, uh, you know, before we have a uh, vaccine or a cure for the virus, people are. Uh, going to need these services even more in the in the coming months. Um, it's definitely going to be a critical uh, part of that. Um, like you mentioned, uh, you know, BT Global can't do it alone. They have partners. They have technology companies they're working with. Um, you mentioned ServiceNow. They were a sponsor of our podcast last month, and uh, uh, um, I, so I've gotten to know a lot more about what they do. Um, what was their relationship uh, and their partnership with uh, BT Global and how, how, how exactly did you all work together? Yeah, so um, just a bit of additional context as well. We're, I mean, in BT Global, we're, uh, we're going through a pretty significant transformation. Um, we're, we're building a, almost a brand new digital native uh, capability, um, which is focused on our growth portfolio, uh, which is SD-WAN, software-defined LAN, Wi-Fi, 5G, um, cloud um, UC uh, capabilities, and, and cloud security. Um, and the approach we've taken is, is, a, is pretty, it's pretty radical um, in the sense that we are going completely greenfield. So we're building a brand new set of um, cloud-native software capability. And, and we've partnered with some of the most innovative companies in the world. And obviously, ServiceNow plays a really important part in that ecosystem. Um, and the reason we've actually chosen ServiceNow, I mean, not just not, not only because they're the, one of the most innovative companies in the world, but also because um, we share um, almost we have an almost 85 to 90 percent overlap in terms of our customers. So al almost all our customers are huh. ServiceNow customers as well. So it just um, and I think that was that played a really important part in us choosing ServiceNow as well. Um, you know, they've they've uh, you know they we serve some of the largest multinational companies in the world, and so, so do they. Um, and the reason we chose them is, uh, is, is to create a, almost a seamless interoperable experience between our customers' environment and, and ours, you know, such that it's almost effortless for our customers to integrate into our, our world, and ServiceNow plays a really important part in that. Um, last, um, late last year as well, December 2019, we also um, signed an exclusive design partnership uh, with ServiceNow, where uh, we're helping them build the telco module, um, and it's a, and they've chosen us actually, um, I believe, because um, of the kind of transformation we're doing, you know, for our customers, and and you know, we've we've signed an exclusive deal with them so that they can, we can co-innovate um, and build a set of experiences centered around our joint customer, uh, and it's a pretty, I mean, it's pretty fantastic. Um, sort of partnership in the sense that we've already started to roll out a set of capabilities and we're now trialing it with some of our customers as we speak. So 
critical that you know in moments like this i mean that we we sort of leverage our partnerships and and build out um, and continue to innovate um, uh, such that we can not just improve experiences for our customers but our customers also expect their, us to play a pivotal part in their digital transformation strategy because obviously cost is is now a big um, priority for some of our customers yeah the way uh, companies uh, have transformed you know their their own infrastructure their own communication strategy is very interesting um, i didn't know that about ServiceNow and bt's uh, overlap but that does make sense um, i guess the more uh uh the more in common well if you have if, if you have that kind of common underlying technology supporting two different company workflows then maybe it makes it easier for you to uh set up services and, and provide services to those companies that's that's exactly right and 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 I mean, our customers wouldn't even know the difference, you know, in terms of moving from within their own internal workflows and ours. It's 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 going to be that seamless, you know, as we as we develop the strategy together. In um, looking at other kind of major technology trends that have happened, um, you know, the global um, sort of rise of software-defined networking, and then of course, um, you know, five G build-outs. Um, what uh, what's your opinion on how these uh, moves to these technologies and the adoption of these technologies have played a part in uh, in in the uh, I guess in the overall digital transformation of your customers and also of uh, of BT? Yeah, sure. So I mean, just, I think it's it's important to note that um, software defined networking and five G, uh, you know, is, is a trend that's been that happened even before um, before the pandemic started. Um, but what I mean, especially software-defined networking, I would say is is only going to accelerate now because it enables customers to create a level of flexibility within their service framework, such that they can they can quickly respond um, to uh, to change, um, and they become less less reliant over time as well as on 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 MPLS, which is part of our central to our strategy as well, as we're creating a set of over-the-top growth propositions centered around SD-WAN, such that the underlay capability, whether it's, whether it's the MPLS or the internet, um, becomes less and less important, um, and customers can leverage uh, an intelligent overlay, um, and then, you know, just choose um, an underlay that suits their need, whether if it's, if it's, if it's latency or a you know, a highly, you know, uh, secure private network. Obviously, MPLS is always an option, but for some customers and for some of their sites where they, where they don't need that, you know, we can easily pivot and create that same, you know, set level of service within a, with an internet connectivity framework as well. And that's critical to our uh, growth strategy and hence why we're building some of these um, solutions around software-defined networking um, specifically focused uh, on uh, on the on the the new digital native um, set of IT systems that we are building. Okay, um, let's talk quickly about um, you know advice for other telco uh, leaders, you know other telco executives who might be looking at um, you know they might they're they're probably in the middle of an evolving uh, you know evolving their network changing customer demands, obviously, in a pandemic, but also beyond that. Um, what advice would you have for these executives as they're, uh, you know, dealing with these changes and maybe looking ahead to what's going to happen in the next few months? 
Yeah, sure. I think I think the first thing is, I mean, the first priority is ensuring uh, business con continuity for um, uh, for customers. Um, we need to ensure we keep the show on the road, um, but also the pandemic is going to create a lasting impact for you know for for several businesses. So we need to, as an industry, need to respond to that um, that need and that change uh, in a in a highly cost effective way. Because as I said, I mean obviously. The, the health crisis is is got to, is gonna is gonna leave us with a lasting financial crisis, and it's going to leave several businesses uh, in in duress that will need support specifically centered around digital transformation. So we need to respond to a whole bunch of those needs. Um, but more broadly, I think um, you know it's it's uh, impetus on companies like us to uh, to respond to the to a broader social need as well. Uh, to ensure that uh, we're able to provide uh, a green recovery um, for our customers, as well as you know, ensure that we are at moments like this, um, especially as we're a, we're a broad. I mean, I, I wouldn't say we're fully one hundred percent resilient, but we're broadly resilient to this crisis. We need to be able to do our bit to ensure that we're doing good for society. I think that's another really important part part that you know can telcos play in this in this world. Not just providing the uh, utility of connectivity and kind of the digital infrastructure, but also leading by example. I, again, I think that the whole fact that telcos have scale is is really one thing that puts them in that position to do that as well. You know, when they when they adopt best practices around um, helping the environment, around uh, hiring practices and things like that, it does resonate. It does. Uh, people do see it, and I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's pretty important. I'm, I'm glad to hear that they're at least in the in the in the stages of uh, of uh, you know running more. I guess uh, uh, socially responsible businesses. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is. I mean, it's, I mean, even for us as a as BT, I mean, it's 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 high on our agenda. Um, in fact, we've just launched our new purpose, which is we connect for good. Um, and so and the social purpose is a central theme um, across, you know, not just, you know, what we do and, you know, in, you know, for society in general, but also how we bundle that purpose within our products and services. Excellent. Um, is there any, uh, now that uh, we've all uh, been stuck at home and not traveling as much, I'll end with a, a, a kind of a silly question, but is there anything that uh, uh, without traveling and being on the road as much that you've been able to, anything you've been able to, to take up at home that uh, that you wouldn't have had time for before, uh, or or just <laughs> or new programs or new uh, new yeah. music that you've enjoyed. Yeah, in fact, I've actually, I mean, I personally, I've actually started to get a lot more engaged with, um, you know, you know, doing a sort of a project to. Uh, respond to the COVID nineteen crisis in in India. So I, I mean that's consuming most of my time. So, oh, cool. uh, which okay. is basically creating a, a tele tele medicine capability for the um, for the lower socioeconomic uh, you know background in the country. So that's yeah. basically consumed all of the free time that I've got now with the lack of travel. Yeah, that's, wow, that's, yeah, that's a uh, yeah, that's a heck of an undertaking too, because that's going to be a real lifeline um, in in the developing world. Uh, you know, the the, mo the mobile network is is going to be everything. It already it already is in some cases, and so uh, I'm glad to hear that's uh, that's going on. Um, well, hey, thanks so much, Rede, for um, for spending a bit of time. I, I know you're a busy person, and I'm I uh, 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 
just really appreciate you uh, taking the time to be on the Light Reading Podcast. No, it was my pleasure, Phil. It was great to be on. Thank you so much. That is it. That's our show. Thanks so much to my guest, Ride Ravindranath from uh, BT Global. I do appreciate his time and insights. Uh, thanks to our producer, Tian Fu, for making us sound good even when we don't. And this was a particular time when we didn't sound our best. I know there was a bit of uh, uh, network trouble, so uh, apologize for the slightly lower, than, uh, lower audio quality. Uh, thank you, dear listener, because if you weren't paying attention, we wouldn't be able to get away with doing all of this at work. Please do tell a friend to subscribe. Uh, we are on uh, Google, Apple, uh, SoundCloud, and Spotify, so please subscribe to the podcast there. Or you can always look at the show notes and anything else you need to know about the podcast by going to lightreading.com. This Light Reading Podcast is sponsored by Packet Fabric. Packet Fabrics Network as a Service platform weaves together the perfect solution for your network. Get private access to the cloud. Get secure connectivity between your data centers. Get an on-ramp to the secure internet. Get to market faster with network automation. Build a network for today's enterprise. To get started, go to packetfabric.com.